and welcome to a bonus episode of the David and Ronald Show. Hi, Ronald. How are you? Good. Yourself, David? I am good. So today we have a special bonus episode to offer you. We had some topics that we didn't cover the last episode, and so we've decided to throw it into this special bonus. So, Ronald, have you ever gone into a store and someone asks you, do you work here? Quite a few times. <laughs> so I, I constantly get that, and I always wonder why people do that because it's not, you know, there are some stores where they have a specific outfit or a uniform that they wear or they have name tags and whatnot. And, and most of the time, I'm not wearing anything that closely resembles that. And it puzzles me why people think I work there. And I think most recently, it was either at a Bed Bath & Beyond. I mean, I understand CVS and Best Buy. Every so often, I'm wearing like one of those polo shirts that have the blue the color. color. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so they, they'll stop you. But there was this one time I was at Bed Bath & Beyond and I'm walking and I hear this person say, excuse me. And I didn't look back because I assumed they were like talking to, you know, talking to someone who worked there, trying to get their attention. And I keep walking and I hear, excuse me. It's like, what's going on? And I, and I look around and I don't see anyone. And, you know, this probably goes on for like a minute or so. So finally make a stop at a section that I'm looking at and this guy comes up to me to my side and he says, excuse me. And so I turn to him and then he says, oh, do you work here? It's like, no, I don't. And he walks away and it's like, what is it? Is it, you know, because you know how, you know, how I normally dress. Yep. And it's like, it's, I don't dress like I work at some of the stores where they, they mention that. So it puzzles me a lot of times. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had a jacket on before and I've gotten that question before. Um, I think one of the more recent ones, which I, I wouldn't say within the last year or so, when someone says, excuse me, do you work here? I just sarcastically say, do you? <laughs> just just to see what their reaction is, because it's ridiculous sometimes. I mean, or they don't even apologize. You know, some might be, oh, sorry, this and that. But some might just come to you. They don't even ask you if you work here. Right. It's like, excuse me, I'm looking for blah, blah, blah. I'm like, uh, okay, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't work here. Yeah. So I don't know what it is because, and I think it's very specific on the scenario, right? Maybe right. it is sometimes the way you, you're dressed. Maybe it's something else. Uh, I don't know. Or maybe it's the way you walk back and forth through a store and maybe they think, oh, maybe you're seeing if someone needs help or something. Right. But I have no clue. I've never been able to figure it out. Maybe the next time something happens, you should ask them, so why yeah. did you think I work here? I know. It, 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 it's more puzzling. It's not like, you know, I take offense to it or anything like that. And, you know, I have respect for all the people, you know, who work at, at the different stores and whatnot. But it's, it's just like one of those puzzling things where I ask myself, it's like sometimes it, I know it's not attire. It's not what you're wearing. So what is it that makes you think? Because, like, if you go, like, to... I don't know if they still do the Target. Do they wear their Target colors? I think they do. Yeah. So if and I think like Bed Bath and Beyond, they usually have like specific colors it's, in the. It's like a blue polo, I believe. Yeah, it, it's with, something that's specific. Yeah, Beyond, like Best Buy right? has like the blue shirts, and CVS has like the blue with the CVS logo. Yeah. And I get like if I wear something that resembles that, and you have that look. But sometimes it's like it. It's just like I'll look at myself afterwards. And then I look at, you know, how like the uniforms and what the outfits are. And I'm like really puzzled to say, well, what what was it that made you think that I worked there? Is it like something I'm doing? Is it some, you know, the way I walk? You know, what is it? Because it's, it's unusual. So and I'll, I'll even if I like you know, if I'm wearing a jacket or something or you're wearing sneakers and everyone else wears like um, dress shoes or like specific attire. 
I will get the same thing. And it's like, it's always puzzling. I was like, I, I don't know what it is, but it happens to me quite often whenever I go to different stores and doesn't matter what the store is. There's like nothing uniform about it. It just happens all the time. So it was like one of those things that just truly puzzles me. And I, I bring it up because it happened recently again. And I forgot which store it was. It was, uh, I don't think it was CVS. It was some other store that I, that I walked into and like within two minutes, someone walks up to me and, and asks me that and, and just constantly happens. I think it's time you come up with good responses for it. <laughs> well, you know, uh, most of the time I'll just, you know, no, it's not. There was one time I think I was at a store and someone had asked me, you know, uh, they, they actually first said that, you know, do you know where so-and-so is? And then after I said, oh, you can, it's down this way because I just passed by it. And I directed them and said, oh, do you work here? I said, no. I said, okay. And then they went to find someone who worked there to ask them where the stuff was, even though it was exactly where I said it was. <laughs> right, so. Yep. Um, yeah, so, so that, yeah, that, that was kind of like one of those things where it, it always, it, it's just strange because it happens so often and I can never quite understand the reasoning, especially when it's not like you're wearing something that's similar in color or look and appearance. It's what is it? And there, there was some other time, something else. It wasn't like, do you work here? But I can't remember it right now. Okay. That was like one, one of the other things that, that have come up before. One of those little things that irk you. Yeah, it, it's just, you know, it, it happens, and okay, so, yeah, that, that's me talking about that. Okay, so the other thing we didn't talk about last time in our, in our last episode is that we had taken a trip to an Apple store not too long after they had announced, like, the new iPhones, and so we were looking at the new iPhone 11 Pro versus the 11 Pro Max, and for, like, the longest time, I've always stuck to something you know, starting from the days of like iPhone 6 and 7, staying to that size, and even though they had the Max. And then now with iPhone 11, for example, where you have the Pro and the Pro Max, we had realized that, you know what, the, you know, there's a certain nice thing about the Pro Max is that it gives you that extra real estate and it really doesn't feel as large as it appears. And I think we've kind of gotten used to the fact that a little bigger isn't a bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think over the years, I just using the 10, right, for at least a couple of years now, your hand probably has just gotten so used to that. And then when we compared it, we put the 10, you know, against that Pro Max, and we said, oh, it's actually not significantly larger. If anything, actually holds much better in the hand, where I said, and I don't know how, I, how many people have the same feeling, but you tend to put your pinky at the bottom of the phone to help keep it from falling right. on the ground when you're holding it. But with the Pro Max, you didn't have to worry about doing that. You were able to keep your hand on the back, but it felt sturdy. It didn't feel like it was about to fall, right. and it just felt natural. It felt right. right. So that was very interesting, and that was something that I didn't think I'd get out of that. So that, that sort of makes you wonder, hmm, do I want the Pro Max? And then you think about pricing, and you know that, again, kind of discourages you. But uh, that, that, that was the main piece that stood out to me when I held that phone for the first time. Yeah, because I think with the iPhone X and then the XS and XS Max, those are all that glossy uh, glass surface on the back. And now it's kind of a matte finish. So when you put it in your hand, it doesn't feel like it's going to like fly, fly away without a case. And you know, granted, you should still have a case on it because it's, it's going to protect it. But there was just a feel that, yes, it doesn't feel as slippery. So that's like the first benefit. Number two is that additional screen real estate is enormous. 
when you look at, you know, using something like the 11 Pro versus the 11 Pro Max, just to have that extra screen real estate for what you do. And for me, I like also the fact because it, it's a little larger that when you're typing on the keyboard, you get those keystrokes in because even now, like back in the day when I had a BlackBerry, I could sit there and I could write a novel. You know, I'm exaggerating, but I could, I could write very long emails with, you know, that keyboard, even as small as those keys were. But since moving to something like the iPhone where you're typing on the glass, I've never been able to really get a good strike distance with those keys. I would always miss a key and I, I can type as quickly on something like the iPhone 10 where I'm not making mistakes and I have to go back to it. And so I, I would constantly have to go back and I fix this and fix that. And so what I have noticed is on the larger models, and you know, I started noticing this with, I think, like when the 8 came out, because the 8 had the 8 and the 8 Max or 8 Plus, whatever they called it back then. I think it was the Plus. Yeah, the plus. the plus. With the larger form, it was just that when I typed in that keyboard, it's like I'm pretty much striking the keys right where I'm supposed to in order to, to get whatever I need to, to type. And so now there's something about with when we went to the Apple store and we were typing on the uh, 11 Pro Max that, yeah, this is actually very nice. And if you put it in your pocket, it doesn't feel like, I mean, it, it's bigger. And I mean, I haven't had the opportunity to actually do that. You really don't want to do that in the store. But just the idea of when you have it in your hand and you measure it up against like the 11 Pro, it's like, well, it's not that much bigger. So I might, even with a case, be able to fit it comfortably in my pocket without, you know, worrying about it falling out. And it, it, it seems like it would be the better choice, especially, you know, for the screen real estate and also just being able to type on, on a keyboard that really picks up on your touch and, and the gestures. Yep, absolutely. But I guess the main question is, is this something that you're going to go for at some point or are you going to wait for the next one? Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing I've been debating is whether or not the 11 is worthwhile, a worthwhile upgrade, or if we want to wait until 2020 when they come out with the next generation, which may or may not be, you know, 5G and whether or not it's going to have more benefits. Because I, I read some new rumors that, well, they, they might be trying to find a way to get that bulge from the camera lenses to be flatter so that doesn't stick out as much. And look, every single time, you know, they're still coming out with a new phone every year. So it's a matter of, is it like when it used to be like S years, it's a minor improvement or if there's going to be something more major to it. And so that's the other side of it is, is it really going to be worth an investment? Because if I get a new phone this year, then I want to take it out for the, the two year, you know, for at least two years. I don't want to be replacing it again next year. I get when you have something like the iPhone upgrade program where you're entitled to get a new one every year. Sure, you know, you're going to upgrade. But if you're going to pay for it, you know, 100%, then maybe it's not going to be as worthwhile to get a new one unless there's something remarkably, remarkably better uh, in the next version than the version you currently have. And right now, you know, I've had my iPhone 10 for almost two years. So it pays for itself over that period of time. So can I use it for a third year? Absolutely. It's just a matter of whether or not the 11 Pro or Pro Max will offer added benefit. Now, I definitely, in our uh, first episode, we were talking about the cameras as being some of the, you know, the best cameras available now. Right, yeah, I mean, that's iPhone. a significant update for this one, right? The camera and its capabilities. Yeah. So I think if 
that's where you're geared towards, sure. But uh, I don't think I'm going to be sold on the 11 generation. I think I'm going to be waiting for that 12. Right. It's, you know, the camera is definitely where the major plus is right now overall. And the reviews are all or almost all very positive when it comes to the camera. Whether or not it's worth investing in this year versus just waiting until 2020 to see, you know, if there's going to be a redesign, if they're going to maybe make the phone slimmer, if they're going to make those camera lenses uh, thinner and even better. Are there going to be more added features? Are we going to get 5G? And also, are the carriers, the uh, cell phone carriers, going to be able to get 5G deployed so that it will work in concert with 5G availability on new devices and what that will mean in terms of getting better performance? Right now, I mean, with 4G LTE, for the most part, you get some pretty good, depending on your carrier, some pretty good speeds with 4G LTE. And I don't recall if we had mentioned this on one of our podcasts or, or off air that a lot of times, like, I may have, you know, LTE active and I'm not on Wi-Fi and I might accidentally, like, uh, stream a YouTube video and realize, hey, this is working perfectly fine. And then realize, oh, wait, this is on LTE. I need to switch back to Wi-Fi because I don't want to use up all my data. So it has gone to the point now where LTE is, you know, much better. You're getting that consistent, good speeds in most locations where you have good service. And so, you know, in that case, then when you go to 5G, that's going to hopefully be better speeds. But also I think we have to go back to the ideas. Does that also mean the possibility that we're going to be eating through data faster because you're getting, you're able to support faster speeds so you can, can get the higher quality on the, on, on those networks. Yep, absolutely. I think the other part that we also have to look at is, you know, the iOS, right? 13 isn't fully stable at this point. I think right. having that stable environment with a nice device is much better, right? I mean, there's nothing to say, hey, we get this 11 Pro Max. Is that going to perform better with iOS 13 point, you know, whatever it ends up being than on that iPhone 10 now? Or right. is it going to be the same thing? So if you're still dealing with the same struggles on iOS 13, it might not even be worth spending that money at that point until they get the stable version. Right. And then you'll be have, you know, that reliable phone. Not to say it's not reliable right now, right? I mean, it's good, but it's not great. Right. And, you know, just to note that at the, you know, when this bonus episode becomes available, there may be a new update to iOS. So as of right now, the latest version of iOS is iOS 13.1.2. So, and if you uh, listen to our most recent podcast, yes, there, you know, we were talking about all the bugs with iOS 13, 13.1, 13.11, 13.1.2. 1.2. So as of right now, when we're recording this bonus episode, iOS is on 13.1.2. It's very possible that 13.1.3 or 13.2 or whatever version of iOS has come out and it's fixed many of the bugs or it's possible that it's fixed some of the bugs. It's possible it hasn't fixed any bugs or it's created brand new bugs. So we don't know. But as of right now, yes, iOS 13 is very buggy. It's buggier than probably a lot of previous releases. I mean, iOS 12 came out, was pretty well. I think after iOS 11 came out with you know all the, those bugs, they spent more time in making sure iOS 12 was better. And it was, so it was much more stable coming out. There were still issues, but it was a lot more stable than iOS 13. If you're on iOS 12 still, you probably want to stay on it for the time being until there's a newer version of iOS 13 
that has come out that resolves some of the issues. That, that's what I would suggest. If there are features in iOS 13 right now that you really, really, really want to try out and really want to have, then just know that you're going to have to figure out how to work around some of those bugs that are out there. Dark mode. Yeah, and, and yeah, and, and if mode. you if you love dark mode, then you can definitely take advantage of dark mode, which is something else. I mean, I use dark mode on on my my Mac. I don't necessarily use it on my phone. I just think it's a little bit too dark for me. Okay. Uh, in general, I mean, and and of course, dark mode is now available on like a lot of things. Like YouTube has dark mode, and I'll use it sometimes. But generally, like I tried it on my phone for a little bit, and it just seemed to make my phone a little too dark. So I switched back to just the standard. Uh, but it, again, it depends on on what you enjoy. Some people want everything in dark mode. So if if that's what you want, then feel free to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. It's it's not a new concept, but the fact that it's only coming out now to a lot of platforms is very interesting. And I, th- I think that might be where that peaked interest is, is, mm-hmm. you know, well, we've been dealing with this, this light mode for so long that to suddenly get dark mode now available, native, you know, it's great to have that. And every time something's new, you love it. Right. But within a year or two, I'm sure it'll just get old anyway. But for now, it just seems like, oh, hey, this is popping out. This is what's happening. And I think that's why everyone wants to give that a try yeah and with anything i think when it's new and it's just something that's like a hot item people want to have it and that became very very popular very quickly and now that everyone has it eventually it may fade until the next big thing comes out and i guess we have to wait and see what that's going to be so did you ever uh, think about or do we ever talk about like uh with watch oh watch os 6 what what have your experiences been with the latest version of watchOS? I mean, overall, it's been good. I think in you know previous podcasts we mentioned how there's a sync issue. I mean, I right. don't know if this is specifically because of thirteen um, with the Apple Watch. And you're on the latest version of watchOS, which yep, is what six six oh one or six one. I think it's six oh one. Okay, I have to check again, but I think it is six oh one. But I've updated both so that they're in line with one another, just so that any of the, the minor fixes um, are essentially resolved. But each time I've had to update one or the other, I tend to lose sync between uh, the watch and the iPhone, which gets a bit annoying. Sometimes the reboot does fix it. I've had to wipe my watch twice now just to get everything back up and running. But even with that, while it's relatively stable, I might get maybe once a week where... I just don't get any alerts to my watch, but I won't know what's going on because the phone thinks it's connected to a watch, so I don't get any alerts about it until I actually look at my phone. So then that's when you realize, oh, oh no, it's broken sync again. Let me just do a quick reboot and see if that fixes it. Right. And for the most part, it does, but it does get a little annoying. You know, going back to what we were talking about before, staying on the existing version, all of that was working perfectly, seamlessly for the longest time. And then now for all that to break, it's a little frustrating, but I think you kind of get used to it, which is not great to have to do that. But right. overall, I, I I still think it's good. Um, I'm not going to overly complain about it, but you have to do it once in a while, reset. Why not do it, right? Right. What are like the, the your favorite features with the Apple Watch? I'm not sure if I could really have any specific favorite feature. I mean, I think... 
you'll probably get more benefits off the newer watch because this is from the Series 3. So you're still a bit limited in terms of what you can get on the watch. Um, I guess having the compass now on the watch might be kind of cool, but right. not something I really use too often. So for me, it wasn't anything significant, at least on the existing watch. But I'm sure if you're getting the current series, you'll get a lot more out of it because that's really where the features would really kick in for you. Right. And what about like the, the health features? Like, Are you using like any of those features? I say I use it more passively just to see you know, the, the measures that it gives me or if it tells me, oh, for this day you didn't move enough or you have to move. I do use that, but I would like to use it a little more actively um, than I do today. But it is nice that it just keeps everything there historically so you can look back at it and see what you've done. I've used a bit more of the, the walking function where it does keep track of, oh, you're taking a walk. Do you want to track this? And usually I'll just click yes to that and let that track that, let that keep it in place. And then usually, I think it was every week or month, it just gives you an alert. Say, hey, look at this report. So I'll take a look at that and see what's there. Sometimes it's interesting. And you say, oh, hey, I didn't realize I, I walked this much. Right. Or on certain days, I walked walk more than other days. And, and it makes me wonder, what, what did I do that day? Mm -hmm. That was different. Right. Right. Okay, so let's change gears a little bit. Yankees baseball. So the Yankees have made it into the postseason this year, and they've already completed the ALDS. They're moving on to the ALCS, which at, as of the time that we're recording this bonus episode, tonight I believe they're playing game, game one, one yep. of the ALCS, and they are playing against Houston. So what's your predictions in terms of the Yankees? Do they look like a, a better team this year over the last few years? Do you think that, and, and we're not saying that they definitely will or they won't, but do you think that they're in a better position to advance further into the postseason to potentially being World Series contenders this year versus the last few? Yeah, I mean, I think overall they've played a lot better, um, more solid team, and given that they did do a sweep, uh, yeah. that, that is pretty good, though I think if we look at it historically, you know, playing really well, having a little extra time off than the other team right. has usually meant that the Yankees may not perform so well at the beginning of the series. Right. So, you know, as much, many people probably hate me for saying this, but I have a feeling they may not win today's game, but I think losing today's game will make them only better for the second game. Right. And the third game. Yeah. And, and again, as we said earlier, you know, at the time that we're recording this podcast, the Yankees will be playing uh, Houston tonight for the ALCS game one. So by the time this goes up, that will have all happened. And so, you know, we'll, we'll be a little bit behind the times in terms of what we're talking about. But uh, just know that listening in, into this bonus episode. Yeah, I, I do think also that, yeah, the Yankees look like a better team. They, they've been playing better. So that's a positive, but there has historically, when you look at them play, there's always been this issue of a balancing act between hitting and pitching. When they're pitching great, the batters are not hitting. And when they're hitting great, their pitchers are not pitching great. And so it always falls apart. And you need that combination of solid pitching, solid hitting. You have to score runs. The Yankees are a, you know, are a big team. But the problem is you can't also be just like a home run mindset team because if every time you step up to the plate and you're thinking home run, home run, home run, 
you're not going to win games that way. You know, at the very least, you have to be able to get players on base. You need to score runs, and you have to you know keep advancing those batters you know around the diamond in order to score, so that you keep tacking on points during every inning, so that you end up winning those games. And what tends to happen is the fact that sometimes when when they're down, you know, a couple of runs, what ends up happening is the the batter who steps up to the plate, you can tell every way they're swinging, they're swinging with so much aggress- aggression, so much force, that's like, I know you are trying to just hit a home run. And yeah, that would be great if you could hit a home run. But don't waste that opportunity if you could have scored two runs by just getting a few base hits. And, and that's important. And I think that that tends to be one of the faults with the Yankees and, and big teams is the fact that you forget, you know what? All you have to do is get, get a base hit and another base hit and another base hit and score runs. Exactly. Keep the guys moving. Uh, you, don't, you don't need that home run. Just keep the guys moving. Load the bases and just keep walking them. That's yeah, all you and, need to do. Right. And sometimes you are able to take advantage of errors and mistakes on the part of the other team whether it's a fielding error or a throwing error or anything like that, you have to capitalize on that. Because if you don't capitalize on the opportunities, there are going to be missed opportunities. When you have bases loaded and you have like no outs or one out, you have to capitalize on that. You can't end an inning and say, we had bases loaded, one out, and we ended up doing nothing. You can't do that. You have to be able to advance your players, and you have to score runs because if you don't do that, you're not going to be able to, to make progress. But I think this year they have shown, look, they've had some good days. They've had some bad days. They've had some games where they didn't do well. They lose, you know, by, by a few runs. And sometimes it's poor pitching. Sometimes it's not the hitting. But when it comes to the postseason, it's a different beast. You have to step up to the plate and you have to play to the very best possible because if you don't do that, you're not going to advance to, to the next round. And even like here with the ALDS, where they're able to sweep in uh, three games, the, th- the thing is that every single game you play, whether it's in the ALCS or moving into the World Series, your mindset has to be, we have to win every game. We have to win tomorrow's game. We have to win the next game and the next game and the next game and play it as if that is like you know, a must-win. If you play with the mindset, this is a must-win, then it forces you, hopefully, to play at your very best and to get the best results so that if you want to get this 28th championship, you're going to get that 28th championship. And, and look, I'm a Yankee fan, you're a Yankee fan, and I hope the Yankees do well. But also looking at the last few years, you know, it's, there's been disappointment where we've been able to advance and then it just kind of falls, falls apart all of a sudden. And it gets really bad, or the number of times I've seen them where we were leading, and then we're just all, all we have all we have to do is get that last out, and then that last out is like a twenty minute exercise of just trying to get you know the ball right down the line to get that strike, and we're not able to do that. Yep, absolutely. But I guess with all that said, though, let's go Yankees. Yes, let's go Yankees. So hopefully, you know, by the time you listen to this, and depending on which team you're rooting for. Uh, that, you know, uh, for us at least, we're hopefully we'll see the, the uh, Yankees advance to the next round or, or further. So we'll see what happens there. So a sign of the holidays approaching, and I'm just reading this today, is that apparently the rink at Rockefeller Center has opened officially today. 
So I think that kind of, it, it's still, I mean, we're in October right now. But I think the sense is that the holiday season is picking up in high gear. I was at Home Depot earlier this week, and they have Christmas trees and Christmas decorations already available uh, for you to buy. And I think every year that kind of picks up a little steam a little bit earlier. Yep, absolutely. I mean, I think in some of these, you know, these 99-cent places around me, they're starting to sell Christmas things. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, wait. How come they're not selling any of the Halloween stuff? <laughs> but when you walk in, they're, sell, they're selling a mix of both, right? Halloween right. and holiday already. So yeah. that's pretty amazing. And I know you already probably know how many days left till Christmas. Uh, I did. I, you, know, I, you know, worst case is we can always ask, um, you know, S-I-R-I. I don't want to say that out loud because if you're listening to our podcast on speaker or something, we don't want to activate your iPhones, iPads. HomePods and all those other devices. So we'll just say that, yes, you can just ask S-I-R-I how many days until Christmas, or you can always do a Google check, which, you know what, I'm going to do that right now, and let's find out how many days till Christmas. So I'll say number of, of days until Christmas. 74 days, apparently. So we have 74 days until Christmas. But, you know, once the holiday season kicks off, and really I think after Halloween as you approach to... Uh, Thanksgiving, and then those last kind of like six weeks into the end of the year, the whole mindset of just about everyone changes because you're going to be focused on like these holiday parties and holiday events, family gatherings, gathering with friends, all that stuff. And the end of the year wraps up very quickly and soon enough, it'll be 2020. Yeah, I mean, I think also with Thanksgiving getting pushed into that last week yeah, in November, everything will just move so much faster. Yeah. So I think, yeah, keep that in mind too, that you're going to feel like you lost a week. I know. In, in I, prepping. I, I, this and is like this. one of those years where I'm, yeah, I don't like when Thanksgiving, it's always like the fourth Thursday in November. And yes, the fourth Thursday this year happens to be that final week. And it really throws you off when it ends up being that week because it just, it, it the feeling is, and it actually is, is that between that and Christmas, you've lost that, that extra week. So everything starts to wind down a lot faster. So it, it becomes a little bit of a challenge because if you have a lot of things that you have to do or you have like trips planned and, and gatherings to go to, that now you have to squeeze that into a very small period of time and get that done. So it's, yeah, so, but we are approaching the holiday season and the end of the year very quickly. So uh, on that note, we'll wrap up this bonus episode. We thank you for joining us. Once again, you can find this podcast on limbpodcast.com. We're also available on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music. And thank you for listening. Remember, if you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music, to be sure, if you're not already subscribed, to subscribe, to uh, rate our podcast, and also throw in some feedback. Thank you, everyone. Talk to you in our next episode.